When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What they know about them Texas boys. You're listening to the most dangerous show in Texas. Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn. Wherever you are, however you may be listening, it is now Fight Night. Welcome to Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn and hornfm.com. I'm your host, Eddie Cross. You can find me on Twitter at Eddie Experience, one E in the middle. And joining me as always, he's Leander's favorite tree trimmer, Mr. Jordan Wahlberger. Jordan, how did you survive the tree apocalypse out at the Wahlberger Cougar compound? Or, as I like to call it, instead of the tree apocalypse, the crackling. Because that's what it sounded like when those limbs were breaking. Oh my gosh, Eddie. It was, it was cold. It was cold. It was, uh, it was a little bit scary. Fortunately, we had power. Uh, but yeah, you're 100% right. So you, you would go outside and you would eerily hear the cracking of trees and the cracking of and, and trees falling. Um, yeah, we, we lost a lot of trees, unfortunately. I sent you a video of Drake using our, uh, our riding lawnmower to haul out the trees that are... Um, wait, wait, wait. I thought that was you. That was Drake. Oh, yeah, that was Drake riding our riding lawnmower, big. and uh, he was taking it out to the front, which, by the way, they're still out there. I, I don't know exactly how I'm going to get rid of them. I'm waiting for some young entrepreneur to come by the house and say, hey, I would like to have you pay me to take these trees away, and I will say, sounds good. Let's do it. So, See, Jordan, go buy a, a, a chipper okay, you know, and turn it into a mulching business. Okay, They pay you to take the trees. You turn it into mulch, turn around and sell that, pays for itself. Only and only just you know three simple years, you could have a a full fledged mulching business, and uh, you know that's it seems so easy. You know, some entrepreneur will do it. Some enterprising young man. I'm hoping for it. I'm waiting. I need them. I need them to come, Eddie. I don't know if you can see this. So, so we are recording this over uh, over Zoom. Eddie is at his house. I am at mine. Uh, I am in the dark here, though. I am in the dark in my in my office. Uh, I have a light on next to me flashing and I have extension cords running from other rooms. So I, I don't know what happened around Wednesday around like four or five, all of a sudden the power went out and I was like, dang it. And uh, cause I thought that was the beginning of, of no power. And I walked out to the rest of the house and I, and I quickly noticed that there was power in the rest of the house. So, so it's just my office, just this kind of side. I can't find a breaker that would turn this one on. I've looked, I've been outside, all the breakers are on. Uh, and so I, I got to have an electrician. I made a couple calls to some electricians. Uh, I need to have them come, but right now I am, uh, my office is being run on extension cords. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, I couldn't tell at all. Yeah. You know, the light's right there in your face. It I couldn't is. tell there, at all. It's, it's a light that is plugged in. So I have, I think I have four power strips plugged into one extension cord right now. So who knows? One of those, one, another breaker is probably going to hit soon. So I was going to say, you're about to have a lot more light when it catches on fire, yeah. Jordan. So we will, uh, at least we'll be warm. So, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's good. I mean, Eddie, we, we did lose, I mean, we spent really all Saturday trying to clean up, uh, clean up the trees. And, but, when you but do, I saw on Instagram that you did have a bright spot this weekend. We did have a bright spot. I, I did take the, uh, the, the girls, Kate and Lydia, we went to a daddy daughter dance 
And uh, so as we're getting ready for Valentine's, it was it was great. It was a lot of fun to, to spend some time with him. Uh, yeah, nice shoes, by the way. Thanks for dressing up. Uh, those are my Sunday vest, bro. <laughs> were they maroon, too? They're burgundy. What, what, what were well, they? The, well, those Jordans are Air Force Ones. They're Jordan Ones. Okay. That's an Instagram picture, man. They were small. I couldn't yeah. tell the difference. And I, with, a, with a burgundy tuxedo. I mean. Was it? Yes. T- tuxedo coat. Look. Yeah, the coat was uh, the coat matched the shoes. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, but me, man, I never lost power, but I ended up working from home for four days, which was boring as hell. I got up Thursday, ready to go to the office. I'm like, this has been a weekend. In the middle of the week, that's enough. Get a text as I'm brushing my teeth. Power's out in the office. So there goes Thursday. Then there goes Friday. Then there goes Saturday and Sunday. I'm like, oh, my God. Let me go back to work and just see some people. Yeah, no, you definitely, you missed that. So uh, what else is going on with you, though, Eddie? But on the bright side, I did start packing for my cruise. So, Eddie. It's only a month away. Okay. And, and when I got you my mean, bag sitting here. When you mean that you say you're packing for your cruise, what, is, what does that mean? Let's say I dug out my passport. You know, I bought a, uh, a luggage tracker, a little, uh, like, tile. It's my, it's my passport. Yeah. Just sitting on my desk there right you here. Go. Nice. Um, let's see. I got my, found my water shoes. Got my seasick bands, those little pressure, acupressure things. Tiny uh, spray bottle of poopery. That's very important when you're sharing your cabin with other guys. Yes. Yeah. So that's where we all are so far. Okay. You know, you do know you have a month, right? Yeah, man. But you know, what, am, what else was I going to do? And you know, it's a cruise. Like you just I'm need sitting to, home for four days. Like how many? So how many three eleven shirts are you bringing on this cruise? <laughs> uh, maybe like two, but I'm going to buy like two or three while I'm there. You know. Are you wearing a three eleven shirt right now? I am. Okay, I can't you see. You actually will appreciate it. This it looks like the Warriors. Yeah, that's what I thought. It looked like yeah. the Warriors logo. Uh, definitely copyright infringement. Uh, so that's, uh, I, I have a good. A, it's a, from a, a pa- show in Oakland. Yeah, I've, I got a good copyright attorney that I could uh, reference that, uh, send that over. You know, to by the time they send a uh, cease and desist letter, the band is out of town and on to the next place. Okay, there so, you go. So they, old, they ceased already. Well, speaking of. Uh, Same way you got your Dodger shirt, by the way. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of uh, out of town and uh, packing up and ready to go, Fedor. Fedor Emelianenko, he is done. Out of town. The last emperor has his final fight. Bellator 290 you know, this last Saturday Yeah, let's night. get into these disappointing heavyweight main events. I mean, it, it, was, it, it was a little bit disappointing, but having the, said that. The two that, main events together were like a total ra- one, round, one round. But but is that really what you want? That's all you really want when it comes to heavyweight fights. I want them to actually end up in a fight against each other instead of two maulings. Well, let's let's take it one at a time. Let's talk Bellator 290 first. So this this had potential, Eddie, to be terrible. The last time Ryan Bader versus Fedor Emelianenko fought, it ended in 35 seconds with Fedor knocked out. And so you say that this is going to be their final fight. It's going to be on CBS. All these legends are going to be inside the cage. That could be some very kind of somber, sad moments. If they're all, maybe they could. Maybe the plan was they would all carry him out if he was knocked out. They would each, uh, you know, take a uh, take a limb and, oh, and carry I don't, him out. There's, I think maybe Rampage is the only one that can handle that weight. Okay, well, I mean, see those guys. But, but what if they were all together? Possibly they could have. They're just gonna all fall. I mean, it was it, it had the potential, but you know, having said that, it did end at two minutes and thirty seconds in the first round. Uh, it did stop. You know, Herb Dean stopped the fight uh, when when Fedor was on his, you know. You know, on the ground taking punches. Uh, the fight ended at, at a good spot, 
But having said that, I mean, there really wasn't a great offense at all from Fedor. Yeah, it was never competitive. I mean, and the shots that dropped him, they weren't that good. You know, it wasn't like a, a huge slug that hit right on the button. It was kind of a weak shot behind the ear. And I, it looked really glancing, like a really glancing blow, too. I mean, it was a put him out of his misery kind of uh, kind of a blow there. So yeah, and you know he's forty six. He can't take shots like he used to. It's to be expected. And this just the way it goes in MMA, man. We do not treat our legends well. Well, I mean, it could have been worse, right? It could have been like Frankie Edgar. It could have been like Shogun. I mean, at least they tried to do something. I, but I mean, it wasn't like he didn't go out like in an. I mean, Frankie's was not great. Um, okay, technically it was a title fight, but come on. So. Fedor, he finishes his career 40-7 and seven, and then won no contest. You, you look back, I mean, that's the thing. Like, he's got a win over Rampage back in 2018. He had a win over Timothy Johnson back in 2021. He had the loss to, to Ryan Bader. He beat Chel Sonnen. He beat Frank Mir. He lost to Matt Mitrione. Um, gosh, you, you go back to the last 10 years, and he, he wins some. He loses some. What's, what's kind of your, like, Defining Fedor moment, if you go back. Defining moment. Well, I didn't and don't really get say to hung, see him. Don't say Hung Man Choi, okay? <laughs> I didn't really get to see Fedor because most of his fights were in Japan. So I think, to me, probably the Brett Rogers fight, it was like the end of his golden era. Because when you look at it, uh, once he um, came to the U.S., 6-6. Six and six. And one of those was Pride, like, 32 or something in Vegas in, like, 2008. After that, you know, there's a few more fights in Pride, and then the uh, the Affliction era began. Yep, the Tim Force. And, you know, he had he beat Tim Sylvia and Andre Arlovsky, but then he lost, like, three in a row that he never should have lost. You know, the, the Fedor never should have lost. Okay, I, I, thought, I thought you were going to try to, just, you know, discourage, like, what happened. I mean, he lost those fights, but... Uh, and yeah, I remember, oh yeah, he, and he got knocked out. I remember that fight, that fight stoppage against uh, against uh, Verdum. You know that I think that yeah, was on that CBS as well. Uh, and yeah. so, yeah, I mean, he, okay, but tapping out to Verdum, you can't really hate that. You know, no. he's Verdum. His jujitsu is uh, as a heavyweight. You know, you can barely touch it. You're sounding like Dan, uh, like Dana White over here, talking how uh, how he lost to a to a middleweight Dan Henderson, crapping all over the legacy of uh, of Fedor. No, I hadn't gotten to that part yet. But like I said, he was 6-6 six and six on U.S. soil. So ever since he came over and the U.S. fans were really able to see him, he's just been kind of, uh, you know? And that's sad because we missed his glory days because they were all in Japan and Russia. You know, he beat Mark Coleman in Vegas just a few months before Randy Couture returned to take the UFC title for the third time. And then about a year and a half later, the Brock Lesnar era began. And then there was the Kane era, then the Stipe era. And now Ngannou, and like Fedor's just been left like a sideshow in Affliction and Strike Force, getting beat by guys that in his heyday he would have stomped. What's what's the fight that got away? Is it is it Randy Couture? Oh, definitely. I think I think that, that I, has to be the one. And I know that Dana apparently spent you know threw a lot of money at him to try and make the Brock fight, but Fedor wanted to co-promote with his uh, promotion M1 Global, and you know Dana's not about the co-promotion. So he's left to, you know, strike force and affliction and Bellator. And for today's MMA fans, he may as well be Mark Hunt. Oh, yeah. I mean, a guy that, that you know, today, who, who, think about how many people came on inside the pandemic, right? When, when the UFC, when MMA was really the only thing 
happening. So you look at that, and and they have no idea of the. Well, oh, that makes it even worse. I mean, they have no idea yeah. what the legacy of, of Fedor is. Um. All right. So uh, obviously, Fedor, he seemed touched. It was nice to have all the legends in the cage with him. Yeah, it was like it was a great picture with all those legends, and then Chael was there too. You know, you loved it. Don't do, who who was missing? Anyone, anyone missing that you think? Um. I mean, if you're gonna throw in just like a bunch of people that uh, he beat. You know, whether it was Matt Mitrione wasn't there, I didn't see him. I don't care. Well, let's, let's not go there. I think Krokop would have been the, the glaring miss. Oh, yeah, that, that, that'd be a good one. Uh, did you see? Um... I saw them all. Yes. Mark Coleman, yeah, uh... Josh Barnett, um, Randy, Matt Hughes. We can keep going. Uh, Bigfoot Silva, I'm glad he wasn't there. Dan Henderson was there. Uh, Chuck Liddell was there. Dude, Chuck is a bona fide heavyweight now. Are we? Can, do, do I have to keep going? Like, <laughs> no, that's That's good. That's good. I was like, Chuck is huge. You see him? Oh, my God. I did. He, he has. Yeah, he could have fought Fedor these hey. days, you know? So, you know what? What? Why couldn't we have, like, they've just, like, hired, like, Anderson Silva to come in for one fight? To fight Fedor? Yes. Fedor could cut down for, like, the first time in his career. Because, you know, he fights at, like, 230 and never cuts weight. He could cut down, like, 220, 215, fight Anderson. That would have blown it out of the water, man. Ryan Bader, as the guy that ends Fedor's career, just doesn't feel right. It makes you sad. Uh, I mean, Bader's not a young spring chicken anyway. I mean, he's 39 years old, which is kind of crazy to think about. Uh, now, speaking of Bader, what do we do next with him, right? Because, you know, he is the heavyweight champion. Uh, his last now three wins are Fedor, Czech Congo, Valentina Moldovsky, right? So, and if you look at the rankings, you've got uh, Bader's a champion. Moldovsky is, is one, Litton Vassal's two, Fedor, Czech Congo, Steve Mowry, uh, maybe it's Vassal. I don't know. I don't know what you do really with uh, with a heavyweight title in, in in Bellator right now. Well, if you can take it back across the pond, Vassal would be a good one. He's British, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that would be a good one to sell over in England after they get finished paying for UFC London. Yeah. All but, right. Um, let's see the co-main event. Yeah, let's talk about Johnny Evelyn. He he was good, man. He surprisingly like um, you know I thought that Anatoly Tokov could win that fight, and, and he looked good in that first round. But then it was it was just all Johnny Eblen, all wrestling. It was really impressive. Dude, he might hold that middleweight title as long as he wants to. Well, you, you think about, like, that division, right? Like, I mean, where do you – I mean, I don't, I don't want to sit here and say, hey, who, where do we put him in the UFC? That, I mean, he could cause a problem for Alex Pajeda. He could cause a problem for Izzy. He would have a problem caused for him by people like Robert Whitaker, uh, guys that know how to wrestle. Um, yes, but Johnny Evelyn, he is good. And the thing is, it's not like Anatoly Tokov can't wrestle, but after the first couple rounds, once you hit the uh, third round and the championship rounds, he just could not keep up with Evelyn. He literally broke him. Yeah. So could those other guys that can defend a takedown, can they defend it the whole time? That's a great question. Some of them can. I mean, I, I would favor, um, yeah. I would favor Robert Whitaker in a fight against Evelyn. Yeah, uh, mainly because of his defensive wrestling, because he forgets that he knows how to wrestle on offense. Uh, Don't you, get me started. Yeah, you look at uh, Johnny Eblen, the, the matchup that I think makes the most sense for him, uh, you look at the rankings, you've got Gegard is number one, Tokov is three, uh, I think Fabian Edwards, actually, who's at number two, that makes the most sense. Fabian, obviously, the brother of, uh, he's the brother of Leon, he's actually fighting Gegard 
on May 12th at Bellator Paris. So you think a win yeah, like that. I think the winner of that. A win like that, that would definitely get, get a chance. So uh, that would be a good yeah, match. And he there. took the belt from Musasi. So, you know, you beat the number two guy. You know, you put yourself back in line for a rematch. Yep. So that would be cool. Yeah, not that and bad Musasi's at all. Musasi's Musasi. So, yeah, that's, that's all he sells. All right. Uh, and then yep. also on the card, uh, Brendan Ward had a, uh, had a big win against Saba Homasi. And then Lorenz Larkin, he looked good too. Ooh, that elbow. Um, he almost killed uh, Muhammad Burkhamov. Yeah. That was pretty ugly. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Pretty and ugly. So that was... Speaking of pretty and ugly. Yes, we can get there. Uh, the time has started. So 12 o'clock. The bright spot, I want to say, of UFC Vegas 68 has to be Lorisenko. She made her color commentary debut. She did actually oh, yeah. a, pr- a pretty good job. Uh, happy for her. Uh, but yeah, Very natural, very relaxed. But after that... You know, then, then you're like, okay, well, there's, there's some challenges. Sergey Spivak, uh, the 28-year-old defeats Derek Lewis via uh, arm triangle choke. Three minutes, five seconds in the first round. Uh, he ragdolled Derek Lewis. Started with that first hip toss. Took him down. Derek Lewis got back up. Took him back down. Got him back up. Took him back down. Got him back up. I mean, it was just over and over and over. Uh, I'm impressed that Derek was able to get back up, but it didn't last at all. Yeah, you got to wonder if sometimes he was actually letting him come, get back up just so he could drag him down again. But it was really surprising to see him get tossed around like a little kid, man. You know, I think he only threw like one combination before Spivak got his hands on him. And with the guy with that Sambo and Judo background, you got to stay at range. Otherwise, that's what happens. Yeah, no, I mean, you look at Derek Lewis now. He's 38 years old. He's 1-4 and four in his last five fights. His only win in those five is against Chris Dacus. Uh, that was back in December 2021. His losses, though, Cyril Gaon, tied to Avasa, uh, Sergey Pavlovich, and now uh, Sergey Spivak. Um, it, it's interesting, right? Like Dana says after that, he's not giving up on him. He's still going to be a draw. He's still in the Derek Lewis business. But I can't imagine that you have Derek Lewis headlining many more events. Not unless someone else doesn't want to fight in the apex. Um, I mean, he's still, a, he's still a draw, like a name. And people will still watch to see if he can uh, throw a bungalow on somebody. But there are people like online saying that, oh, he didn't take it seriously. And like, oh, do you wonder if he took too long to uh, get serious about his career? Because, you know, he's finally like slimming down and taking he, his training b- seriously. By the way, he's still unquote. waiting at 265. Yes, but it was a lean 265. I'm, you could see some abs in there. So. I'm a lean 220 if you want to really get yeah. into it right now. So, <laughs> Yeah, but I got to wonder, you know, did it just take too long for him to get serious? Has he missed his window? Or was it just that it was 2 a.m. Texas time when he fought? He's 38, man. It was 2 a.m. What the hell? Yeah. So first off, it, it, he's 38. I mean, that, that's where I think you have to start, right? Uh, fighting against a guy who's 28. Uh, Spivak won six of his last seven. The only loss in that, in that streak right there is the Tom Aspinall, which no slouch. We like Tom Aspinall. We think he is, is, is definitely a prospect. Um, before that, his losses were to Walt Harrison, Marcin Tibera. Um, But I, I don't know if I, I'm not going to, I mean, that, that's a while ago. So yeah, uh, a lot of wins between those. Lots yeah. of wins and, and, and does, not like the best wins. This is obviously the biggest win of his career, of, uh, of Spivak's career. We'll see what, if, if he can start putting it together. Uh, you think about maybe a fight against someone like uh, Jarzinho Rosenstruck. Um, that, that's probably, you know, because above him right now, he's 12th before the rankings will come out after this fight. Derek Lewis is 7th. Uh, Tybura is 10th. Dacus is 11th. Rosenstruck is 9th. Uh, Volkov is 8th. Volkov has a fight against uh, Romanov. Um, oh. So that one's not happening. Does uh, Tuivasa have a fight coming up? Tuivasa, not Because they the, could have a rematch. Yeah, not off the top of my head. Because um, yeah. if, 
if because um, he has a win over Twilox, Derek Lewis's spot. Yeah, so if Spielock is going to take Lewis's spot at seven, Aspinall still injured. Next man up the up the ladder, Tuivasa rematch. Tuivasa might want that one back. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Um, also on the uh, anything else you wanted to mention on, on Derek Lewis or uh, or Sergey Spivak? It's hey, at least I wasn't there this time. It wasn't yes. my fault. I know. I, I do blame a lot of it on you. Uh, but he, his, I, I was awake. He's 38 years old. I, I don't think that uh, Derek Lewis's style is not meant right. To, it doesn't age well. Uh, no, but I think of him almost like George Foreman. He could still be doing this well into his 40s. He can still throw bungalows. Yeah, but just but you start getting a little. Can slower. we put him on the uh, maybe at the top of the prelims a little earlier in the day? In the you know when uh, before he's taking his medicines and ready for the bed. Think about blue plate special. who you want to see Derek. I mean, would you want to see Derek Lewis versus number 14th rake, Jalton Almeida? I mean, remember that dude we saw him a couple weeks ago? Just not, the knockouts. I mean, like, there's not a lot of great matchups in, in the top 15 for Derek Lewis at this age. And hasn't he already fought Blagoy Ivanov? Probably. I mean, he's fought, yeah. I think, yeah, that was a while ago yeah. as well. So um, He's going to get some, maybe just some uh, lower-level contenders to get some uh, wins back under his belt, maybe. Ho- hopefully not feed him to the Lions. I mean, that's, that's kind of unfortunately where you have to go. I mean, he's been around for so long that he has yeah, to I was gonna say on the plus really side, everybody. He's fought yeah, Tybura. He's made a lot of money. Yeah, he's fought Tybura. He's fought Volkov. He's fought Ivanov. He's fought, uh, you know, Chris Dawkins, Latifi. I mean, he's just been around for so long. Um, all right, Eddie, in the co you had Devin Clark defeat Jung Duaun uh, by decision. Marcin Tybura, he defeated Blagoy Ivanov. Uh, then Korean Superboy, he and Kyle Nelson, they had a draw. Um, overall, I mean, these were, this was late night, man. This, this went on. Yeah. This went on way too late. I gotta say, I didn't see a lot of those fights. Yes, I know you didn't. Um, but you know what? This card wasn't for us. That's true. These it, were the finals of it, the, uh, the road to the UFC. It, which it was supposed I to for- be in South Korea. Yeah. I forgot the road to the UFC was even a thing. Okay. Cause you know, we couldn't see it here or was it a fight pass? I have no idea. Yeah. All right. I think the trifecta though. Uh, Beltor was great. UFC happened, but boxing, there was some boxing. Amanda Serrano, uh, she got the win. Walk us through her win over Erica Cruz. Yeah. Amanda Serrano and Erica Cruz was the fight of the night, man. That woman, Erica Cruz, she is the epitome of fights in a phone booth. She would just duck her head and throw a three, four punch combination. Step out, do it again. Step out, do it again. Back and forth and just... If it wasn't for the uh, the headbutt that she took in the third round that opened up a big bloody cut on her forehead, um, this fight would have been a lot closer, and she might have uh, had a chance of winning. But she reminds me a lot of uh, you remember Veda Ortega in uh, Bellator, just tough as nails. Shouldn't be there, but she is there, and she is not going away. But in the end, Amanda Serrano beat her for uh, via via unanimous decision to become the undisputed featherweight champion and maintain her. Uh, a rematch with Katie Taylor. Um, by the way, in the co-main event, Alicia Bumgarner um, won the unanimous decision to become the undisputed super featherweight champion. So, 10 belts in those last two fights, man. It was gold all over the place. But yeah, after the main event, Eddie Hearn hopped in the ring and announced that Serrano and Katie Taylor will rematch on May 20th in Dublin for Katie Taylor's undisputed lightweight championship. So they had her at ringside with all her belts, and she jumped in the cage, uh, sorry, the ring, with all her belts, and there's uh, Serrano with all her belts. So it was a great picture. They had, they had a promo ready to go. They had a video package. They had posters ready to go. 
And man, Erica Cruz did her best to throw a wrench into that. Yeah. Hey, there's conversations about where in Dublin this is going to take place. And obviously, we've been hearing about Croke Park for so long. Uh, Eddie Hearn told Errol Hawani last week that, uh, you know, it's an 82,000 person uh, stadium. It's the cost of hiring and everything involved in the event would be three times higher uh, than it would be going somewhere else. Connor McGregor actually came out and said that, uh, that, Hey, the extra security bill is 500K to have a Katie Taylor fight at Croke Park. He says, I'll sponsor it. We'll see what happens. Uh, Hearn responded. Yeah, that's said, a good move. Stop. So that'd be awesome. Yeah. But at the same time, I have to wonder a little bit about the weather in Ireland in May. I don't think it's known to be too great around the springtime there. But there will obviously be a cover over the ring. And Croke Park has a canopy over about half the uh, seating. But the high dollar seats on the pitch are going to have to deal with Mother Nature. I love how you just called it the pitch. That, that's uh, good for you. You caught that. Thank you. I caught it. So. I had to remember that. Nice. Well, Eddie, that's Serrano versus Cruz, UFC Vegas 68 and Bellator 290. Guys, you're listening to Fight Night right here on 104.9 The Horn, hornfm.com. We will be right back. It's What's Up With That. Woke up this morning and I got out of bed. Had a big old cup of coffee to clear my head. Been home for a while and that's where I'm at. But we can still jam on What's Up With That. Ooh-wee. What's up with that? What's up with that? Ooh-wee. What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up? Without you, yeah. Oh, yeah. Woo, yeah. Welcome back to Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn and hornfm.com. I'm Eddie. That's Jordan. You can also find us on the podcast page at hornfm.com, iTunes, Spotify, Spreaker, Podcast Attic, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us there if you're not listening live on Wednesday nights. Now, speaking it. of live, speaking of live at night, Jordan, did you see Saturday Night Live this past weekend? I sure did. I watched. I like Pedro Pascal. I like The Mandalorian, and uh, I was looking forward to to seeing him on there. And, and you know, I do have an affinity for for Chile, and so I wanted to see that. And Pedro Pascal is Chilean, and so I uh, I enjoyed it. It, it was it was good. I thought it was good. It's one of the first times that I really paid attention and liked the uh, the open the thing with the spy balloon. That was pretty funny. Uh, Mario Kart, the uh, reimagining, the weird wing pit one for the Super Bowl. But the the well-done steak hit home for me because I uh, do not like any red in my steak. So you are a well-done steak kind of guy. At least medium well. Do you not like flavor, I'm guessing? I love flavor. It needs to be sprinkled onto the steak also. No, don't just put a little salt and pepper on it like... Like Salt Bay or whatever his name is. You, that is not enough seasoning you for put, a steak. Do you put A1 on your steak? No. Okay, thank goodness. All right, Eddie. Of actual seasonings. There we go. Let's get into it. You should see my cabinets, Jordan. But know what you really need to see, Jordan, is UFC San Antonio because it finally has a main event. What's up with that? All right, so the UFC was finalizing Raquel Pennington versus Irina Aldana as the five-round main event at UFC San Antonio on March 25th. But then they threw us a curveball, Eddie, and they went out there and announced that Marlon Vera versus Corey Sanhagen, a Bantamweight contenders matchup, is Woo-hoo! going to headline the event. Uh, they actually were supposed to headline an event at the UFC Apex on February 18th. I'm actually not sure why, if there was an injury or what happened or what pushed the fight back six weeks. Uh, that event's now going to be headlined by uh, t- sales. Talia Santos versus Aaron Blanchfield. 
Uh, so the main card, this is what the main card at San Antonio looks to be. So you got San Hagen versus Cheeto, the main event. And now the other fights, there's no particular order. I don't know it. But Sean Brady versus Michelle Pajeda. Holly Holm versus Yana Kunitsikaya. Andrea KGB Lee versus Macy Barber. Uh, sounds like Pennington versus Aldana actually will remain on the card. And uh, in the next couple of weeks, we are going to speak. We're going to speak with a couple of fighters. We're going to have Daniel Pineda, uh, Chidi Nojikawani. They'll be on the fight card. Uh, we're also going to talk to Adrian Yanez in the next few weeks. Uh, he is not fighting on the fight card, but he's I, he wants to, and he was bummed out that he's missing. He's fighting Rob Font just a couple weeks later, and uh, that's going to be a great step up for uh, for Yanez. And so a couple of fights. We're trying to get Corey uh, Sanhagen on as well. So, But yeah, now this is a good fight card. Yeah, this will be fun. You look at this now with San Diego and Vera at the top, Brady Pereira, Holly Holm, Kuniskaya, hey, and lots of women on this card too, which is which is cool. And you know Rocky Pennington always brings it, so this is going to be a fun card now. And um, you, you driving or am I driving? We'll, who's, who's driving? We will figure it out. <laughs> uh, I might have to get myself a crash helmet if you're driving. There we go. That was a little scary last time. We'll bring our microphones. Um, good call. Um, the next season of The Ultimate Fighter, Jordan has his coaches, and I bet a dollar that you're going to be watching. What's up with that? Yeah, I probably will watch some of it. I don't know if I'll watch the entire season. Uh, Dana White went live on social media on Saturday morning, uh, and uh, he he announced a couple things. As expected, UFC 287, it's going to be held in Miami. That's the uh, Izzy Pajeda 2, uh, Masvidal versus Gilbert Burns uh, fight. Uh, he also said that John Jones and Sean O'Malley have both signed new eight-fight deals with the UFC. Uh, but the most important information that he announced is that the new coaches of season 31 of The Ultimate Fighter, Conor McGregor's back, and he's going to coach against Michael Chandler. Team McGregor versus Team Chandler is going to premiere on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. So that's big ESPN. May 30th, it's going to run through August 15th. I'm not sure what the weight classes are on the show. Uh, it does sound that uh, like Conor and Chandler will be in Vegas in the next couple of weeks. Dana announced the two will fight at the end of the season. Uh, most likely we're hearing at 170 pounds. There's no date or venue yet. Uh, but Conor does need to be in the USADA testing pool for at least six months uh, and needs at least two negative tests. And as of today, and he's he not in there not yet. Is he? In the, he is not in the testing pool yet. <laughs> Lord. So you know, maybe I'll believe say, it when I see have, it. Yeah, right. I hope they have women's featherweights because can we put someone in that division already? And then uh, let's see, who else do you think you, we need? Adam Weights? No. I, no, I, I don't think so. Um, more flyweights? No, flyweights pretty good. Flyweights good. Bantamweights good. Featherweights good. Lightweights good. Uh, lightweights got some killers. You know what? Middleweight? Yeah. I think maybe middleweight is just pretty much clean them out. They light need some heavy fresh blood. could be good. Light heavy is a... They're just bouncing all over the place. Yeah, I think we need a heavier weight there. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, now... The 2023 PFL schedule, at least partially, is out. What's up with that? Yeah, so this is not the PFL Challenger Series. This is the actual like PFL uh, tournament. So the PFL announced the main and co-main event of their first three events in 2023. The, these are the uh, the regular season events. They're all going to take place at the uh, the Virgin the Theater at the at the Virgin Hotels in Las Vegas. Uh, and so Eddie, this is what you have on on PFL one. You've got. Brendan Lofnan versus Marlon Marais. You've got Robert Wilkinson versus Thiago Santos. So that's the main and co-main on April 1st. Not, not, not an April Fool's Day joke right there. Uh, Marlon Marais is going to get knocked out on that day, though. Uh, all right. The next week on April 7th, you got Ante Delizia versus Jorgen DeCastro. And the co-main, you got Larissa Pacheco 
versus Julia Budd. Kind of surprising they're not putting uh, Kayla Harrison. You know, obviously she didn't win last year, but she is not in the uh, the main event or co-main event in the first three fights. And then on uh, she April, is whenever she wants to be. That's probably true. Then on April fourteenth, you got Olivia Aban Mercier versus Shane Burgos. So welcoming Shane Burgos. And the co-main is Sadabai Sai versus Jirai El Salawi. So almost every fight, every fight there does have a winner from last year. A champion. A champion from last year. From last year. A million dollar, a, a millionaire. A millionaire, yeah. With a belt, yeah. So that's a good way to kick it off. Maybe that's why uh, Kayla Harrison isn't on those three. Boom. But you know, Jordan, on April 1st, PFL 1 is going to have some major competition for the eyeballs. Because Jorge Masvidal announced his next event for Gamebred Boxing, and it is lit. What's up with that? Yeah, so Gamebred Boxing 4, April 1st, 2023, in the thriving metropolis of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. If you don't know it, Eddie. Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee is actually Algonquin for the good land, in case you were wondering. Uh, and in the main event, you're going to have an eight-round main event. Anthony Pettis versus 54-year-old Roy Jones Jr., You've got Jeremy Stevens versus Jose Aldo for six rounds. Jacare Souza versus Vitor Belfort for six rounds. Paul Daly versus Anthony Taylor for eight rounds. And Pearl Gonzalez versus Gina Mazzani for six rounds. So I'm not going to uh, the Pfizer form for this, but it'll be a fun night of fights. It is, man. And wasn't old guy boxing Anderson Silva's idea? Like, take these MMA legends, let them have, uh, you know, uh, an easier an easier fight against each other, make some money. He's been trying to box Roy Jones for years. You know, Dana White's got to be kicking himself too. This is what Zofa boxing could have been, but no, yeah, he just had to be a stickler. Could this that could have been fun? I'm, I am surprised you don't have Anthony or a- Anderson Silva in there for Anthony Pettis. That would have been a good one against Roy Jones. Make that fight fun yeah. happen. Would have been great, but uh, who knows? Um. I hate using Anderson to segue into this, but Logan Paul and Dana White made an announcement together last week, and you know, it's a Paul brother. It's not the, that one, but, you know, anyway, what's up with this? I think you need to cut Logan some slack. Logan is not Jake, first off. Logan is a WWE superstar. He is the founder of the Prime Drink. Uh, so the UFC has a new official global sports drink. Uh, not to be confused with their official energy drink of Monster. Uh, official global sports drink after announcing a sponsorship oh, deal different. with Prime. Uh, it's a brown founded. It's a brand founded by uh, Logan Paul and KSI guys who former opponents in boxing. Uh, the deal is actually going to replace Body Armor. So Body Armor has still been was was a contract for five years as the global sports drink. Uh, the Prime deal will be for three years, and, and here it's worth over you know high seven figures annually. Uh, so it starts this week at UFC 284. Uh, the Prime brand will be the newly launched octagon-shaped cornerman stool. And then they're also going to be renaming the red and blue corners as the Prime Hydration Recovery Zone. So that's a bit much. Try saying that 10 times fast. You're no kidding. Don't Jordan, cue the music because I've got to take it or leave it for you. All right, Jordan, it's been a while since we've done this. Take it or leave it. Dana White made this deal with Logan Paul just to stick it to his brother, Jake Paul. Uh, Leave it. You got to think about that one. Uh, No, leave it. I'm going to leave it. I I think Dana White has had a cordial relationship with Logan the entire time. Um, He was on. Which I also think is just to stick it to Jake Paul. He was on the show, his, his podcast, Impulsive. 
Uh, Logan has not made that part of his, you know, mantra of trying to talk about fights. Uh, but you know, I did say Jake Paul responded to it and he said, Hey, I'm not, this is not my company. I'm not my brother. I hope, I hope that some of this money is going to UFC fighters who are clearly underpaid, uh, to which Logan responded, we've got some ideas. So, so I don't know what they'll do, but, um, I I am going to leave it. So, but with that, I'm going to, I'm going to take and give you some new fights, Eddie, just a couple. There we go. Uh, Cody Garbrandt versus Trevin Jones. UFC 25, March 5th, Alexander Volkov versus Alexander Romanov. That's March Ooh. 11th, 2023. And then Michael boat. Chiesa versus Lee Jing Lang. That's a gunfight right there. UFC 287, April 8th. That's in Miami. And guys, you're listening to Fight Night right here on 104.9 The Horn and hornfm.com. We will be right back and preview UFC 284. We will be right back. Until next time. Hey, hey, hey. What's up with that? What's up with that? The champ is here! The champ is here! The champ is here! The champ is here! Welcome back to Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn. Hornfm.com. That's Eddie. I'm Jordan. You can follow us both on Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Eddie, it's a weekend, a weekend of champions. Not only are we going to crown a champion at the Super Bowl this Sunday between the Eagles and the Chiefs, but also we have UFC 284, Perth, Australia. Double champ status could be the case. Uh, We got Islam Makachev, the UFC lightweight champion against Alexander Volkanovsky, probably the pound for pound best fighter today. May change at the one. end of this, but the current featherweight Islam champion. Is yeah. And then we've got a interim title between Yair Rodriguez and Josh Emmett. Eddie, let's start there. Islam Makachev with no Khabib in his corner versus Alexander Volkanovsky. This fight could be a banger. Where's Khabib? I don't know. I, I know Khabib's not going to be there. I don't know why Khabib's not going to be there, uh, but he will not be in Islam's corner for this one. I think we need to have Ariel or someone dig more into this because that's huge. But, you know, it's not like he doesn't, hasn't been training with him, right? You would think that, that Islam is fight is training uh, with him at AKA, and he'll be ready to go. With all that said, it's going to be a tough road to hoe for uh, Volk. It, it really is. I've never seen anyone take Volkanovski down, but he also hasn't faced a wrestler like Islam Makachev. Yeah, I think this will be this will be good. So I just found out. So Khabib has uh, is no longer cornering fighters. He said so. He has uh, he's he has traveled with a team. So I think we saw that picture of, of Khabib with his family uh, with a few weeks ago, and, and he was already kind of getting out of coaching. So he's focusing on another thing. So um, I agree. So you would think that the wrestling and uh, the takedown defense of Volk is going to have to be key in order for him to be able to stop. In order for him to be able to keep Islam Makachev. Uh, at bay. The problem is, is that Islam could also stop the fight on his feet, right? Yeah, he is no slouch in the stand-up department. And being the taller, fi- taller, longer fighter, he can probably touch Volk when Volk can't touch him. But I, that's trouble. I have underestimated Volk previously. Uh, yeah, think about it. I mean, Volk is, you know, wins over Max Holloway, wins over Korean Zombie, Brian Ortega, Jose Aldo. Uh, I think any way you look at this fight, I mean, this could be fireworks everywhere. And so... Yeah, the problem is none of those guys are wrestlers. None of those... Well, Chad Mendez, 
is a wrestler. Uh, and, yeah, and he was kind of old. Come on, bro. That's 2018. Or he wasn't that old, but he, I mean, he, this was post Jose Aldo knockout. So it is a little bit different. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I think I would love to go with Volkanovsky to have this happen for him in his, in Australia, uh, to have this crowning huge. moment. It would be fantastic. Um, but the roof would come off that arena. I'm not worried and you- about Islam's like mental state going into this fight. No Khabib with Khabib. Uh, Islam is stoic. Uh, Islam is focused and centered. I, I'm not concerned that he's not going to be able to handle this moment. Yeah, no, it's not like it's a surprise that Khabib won't be there. You know, he's known longer than we have. Um, he'll know the game plan. He knows what he does. He knows what Volk does. He'll be fine, I'm sure. Question is, will Volk be fine? Yeah. Will he be able to stay, keep it on his feet? Will he be able to move like he wants to? Because, you know, styles make fights, and when you're fighting a great wrestler, you can't let your hands and feet go like you want to. Yeah. He hasn't fought, actually, in, um, in, in Australia. He fought in Perth last. He fought in, uh, at UFC 221 back in February 2018. So, it, obviously, it's been a while uh, for him. But the other thing is, I mean, Volk is not a small dude, like, when he wants to be. Think about his time as a rugby player. I think he was, like, 215, 220. So, if he's able to put on this weight right... Um, I, I think that it could be a, a long night for either fighter. So I think that problem is putting on that weight won't make him any taller or faster. That's true. And unfortunately the, uh, the, the, the reach and the height is definitely a disadvantage for Volk going into this yeah. fight. Trust me. I've been trying to fix that for years. It doesn't work. There's That's nothing true. you can do about it, buddy. You are pretty teeny. So, <laughs> so one of these, one of these ones is going to have to go. So. You've got Alexander Volkanovsky, that, 25 and 1. That doesn't ring, yeah. Islam Makachev, 23 and 1. Somebody is going to be, have a two after this fight. We hope so. I mean, hope, hopefully it doesn't end in a draw, let's be honest. You know, you should have come up with a much cooler way to say that. There was no other cool way to is. say it. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but you should have come up with something cool yes. there. Uh, Eddie, so I, I can't wait for that one. In the co main event, Yair Rodriguez fighting against Josh Emmett. Josh Emmett, last fought, that was against uh, Calvin Cater right here in Austin. Uh, last year, uh, Yair versus Josh Emmett. Uh, this is really Josh Emmett's last kind of chance, right? He's 37 years old. Uh, you got Yair Rodriguez, who was supposed to be kind of the face of Mexico MMA. Uh, Brandon Moreno has come in and taken that uh, that mantle right now. Uh, but if, uh, if, if El Pantera can get it done, if he can win this fight and then go unify it or against, and, and he can fight against Volk, because uh, no matter what, Volk's still the champion at featherweight coming out of this fight. Uh, that would be huge for Mexican MMA and, and just, you know, uh, for Yarder in, in, in general, who was a guy who had so much promise. And then that whole issue with like Zabit and like not wanting to fight him and like almost like getting fired from the UFC to have him come back in kind of full circle moment. Uh, this one is going to be right. a banger as well. Yeah, this one's going to be fun. You know, Josh Emmett, knowing it's his last go-round, he is not going to lay back. Well, you know, I'm saying it out loud and watch it happen, knock on wood. He's going to bring it. And Yaya Rodriguez, you know he's fun to watch in the first place. So this one is going to really set the bar for the main event. Yeah, I mean, and then the fights before that, right? I mean, to, to lead before that, Jack Della Maddalena, uh, he is a great prospect. So he has been in the UFC. Uh, just the, He had Dana White Contender Series in 2021. He had three fights last year. All were first-round finishes uh, in just about under three and a half minutes over Pete Rodriguez, Ramazan Emiv, and then Danny Roberts. And uh, and Randy Brown is a step-up in competition, but Jack Della Maddalena is definitely 
a, uh, a prospect that I'm interested in watching. You got Justin Taffa versus Parker Porter, uh, but then Jimmy Crute versus Alonzo Menafield. Like these are these are yeah, fun fights. Like, good it's, right there. It's a sneaky, uh, Tyson Pedro versus Modestus Bukakis. Uh, I mean, Jamie Malarkey is on this fight card. Uh, you got Zubaira. Remember, he jumped into the cage after the uh, the Connor fight versus Khabib. Oh, so yeah, that guy. There's definitely some fun fights on this card. And, uh, you know, it, it's going to be appointment viewing. So, yeah. And uh, just in case, Knuckle Mania 3 is next weekend for BKFC. So keep an eye on that. We'll talk about that more next week. Yeah. No, I- I'm excited. So, Eddie, Super Bowl, what is it, 54, 56? I don't know, man. What's Bears your pick? Aren't Who's winning? I, know. I can't go against the Chiefs. It's tough to go against the Chiefs. I'm going to go with the Eagles. It is. Uh, but Super Bowl Stew. Super Bowl Stew is in Arizona this week. He's going to be That's talking right. to people. He's going to bring some interviews to us. So check out his coverage, uh, Stu Myrick. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. We are proud to be the MMA Show of Texas. Follow us at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. And uh, we will talk to you next week. We're going to recap UFC 284 and get ready for Knuckle Mania and, uh, and probably the Super Bowl, guys. But have a great week, and we will talk to you then. Keep safe. Be nice to each other. Stay positive and love your life. And if we ever didn't thank you, let us do it now. Happy trails to you till we meet again. <laughs>